one, we need to understand that the market is changing on a daily basis. So what works, right. you know, five years ago definitely isn't working today. I mean, really what worked six months ago isn't working today because the market's ever evolving and shifting. And right. so, you know, one thing that I found is I try to, the agents that I've had that have been super successful, they've all been kind of different personality types. You know, we, mm. we weren't always a firm believer in that it, everybody has to fit into this one disc profile. You know, if you're familiar right. with the Tony Robbins disc profile. Yep. We believe that you, you don't have to do that, but they've all kind of have similar traits and qualities and they've all been successful in a couple of, of key areas. And one of those is they have grown their sphere of influence significantly. They have worked it very, very well. You know, number two is they have gotten either with mentors or leaders or coaches or teams that really help, help them compete in today's market. Again, not what was popular. Right five, 10 years ago, but what is going on and what works today? And finally, they have not been afraid to work with investors. That's something that is right. super key that I found for all of my folks to, that's really not only helped give them a leg up on their competition, but has also kept them afloat when the market has slowed down. I think working investors right. is super important. You are listening to the Real Estate Growth Hackers Show. Welcome back to the Real Estate Growth Hackers Show. On today's episode, we're gonna be talking about a concept with Luke Andrews called the wrong math and why real estate agents are leaving money on the table by having too short-sighted a view of their lead sources. Okay, so we're gonna be diving into that uh, in just a second. But uh, Luke, why don't you go ahead and say hi to everybody and uh, and let us know a little bit about you know your, your past. How did you, how did you come today to, to be talking to us? Sure. Well, you know, hello everybody. And Zach, I just I first want to say thank you for, for having me on. It's uh, very much a, a privilege for me to be here. Uh, you know, for me, real estate is, is something that I somewhat fell into, you know, six or seven years ago. I was in a corporate role. I was kind of in that, that corporate rat race, that, that nine to five business. Wasn't super happy with it. And my wife was looking to make a career change and she wanted to move into real estate. And she jumped in, she was very successful early on. And you know, I was, I was doing the commuting from downtown out to the suburbs every day. And one day she said, you know, it would be fantastic if just on your way home, you're passing by all these listings anyway, if you could just show houses for me and I wouldn't have to go out at five o'clock. Um, so I decided to get my license part-time just to be able to help her out. And it was something right. that I had a little bit of an interest in uh, anyway. I had some friends and we were talking about getting into real estate investing. And I thought, you know, all of these things were very symbiotic. They went hand in hand right. and I just loved it. You know, it's from the, from the very start, it was something that I got super passionate about. Um, the issue that I ran into is every time I would go to make that move full time, leave that corporate job, I would get a little right. promotion or a little raise. And it was like, I just uh, felt stuck. And my you wife, got, you got the golden handcuffs. <laughs> that's right. And my wife, obviously in real estate, you know, she didn't have health insurance. She didn't have a 401k plan. She didn't have any of these things. And so we're giving up the security and then they're continuously just offering just a little more money. But what I realized, it was just these small little stair steps, even five, 10, 15% per year was just right. gradually stair stepping up. And I realized that the only way to truly make this a success and to you know, provide the purpose and the fulfillment I was looking for was to just 
you know, cut, cut that cord and jump in both feet. Um, I couldn't be halfway in, halfway out any longer. And so one day I, I finally said, hey, I told my boss, I got to go. And he said, right. well, we were actually just getting ready to increase your, your bonus structure. And man, I just, I had to scratch my head for a minute. I said, you know, I appreciate it, but I'm not that guy. Um, I'll right. stick around. I'll give you guys eight weeks. That way we can, it gives you an opportunity to find somebody new and I can kind of help train them and show them what I was doing. I didn't want to just right. leave them dry. These were people I cared about, but at the same time, I knew I couldn't stick around forever. And I'll tell you, those right. were the longest eight weeks of my life. Uh, just <laughs> waiting bet. to get out into this new chapter, this new adventure. So, yeah, I bet, I bet a lot of people listening can, uh, can relate to that. I know, you know, it, the reality is that real estate for many people isn't their, you know, uh, primary first career that they got into, right? Like most, most kids don't grow up thinking, you know what I want to do when I grow up is be a real estate agent, right? There's a few, <laughs> there's a few that do that, but, uh, yeah, for most people, it tends to be a, uh, uh, you know, a second or third career after they've already done something else. So uh, there's a lot of transition that happens for people, for sure. What, uh, so, so you're, you know, you're in your real estate role uh, now, you know, full time after giving that, giving it that eight weeks, what, uh, what, what, what was your journey like uh, to today? What kind of results have you been able to generate? What, uh, what was your path to get there? Sure. Well, I, I had a pretty, had a pretty fast start and I was fortunate. So the broker that I went to go work for, um, he was, he's someone that I've known since I was five years old. I mean, we've known each other 35 years. Um, he grew up in the business. His dad was an insanely successful agent. His uncle, a very successful broker. Um, I knew he was doing things the right way. And we happened to, he happened to be in a phase where he was looking to grow his team. And he realized that as he was bringing new agents into the business, something he was passionate about, he didn't have enough hours in the day to be able to dedicate right. to all of these people, everything that they deserved, everything that they, they needed. And so right. we created, a, essentially, they were almost like two sales manager positions. And I had grown teams in the corporate world. And so it was something that I was able to consult on and, and help out with quite a bit. And I, because of my background and experience, and having some real estate experience being part-time for a couple of years, I was able to step in and kind of to fill that, fill that role. Uh, but Perfect. as we've gotten bigger, as we've grown, as we've got larger, I'm realizing I don't have enough hours in the day to be able to dedicate right. to all these new agents coming in. So now I have four sales managers underneath me um, who take on some of that kind of initial onboarding process, shadowing the quick little got a minute questions. What does this line mean on the contract? that kind of stuff. I still, I still do some production. I'm trying to do less and less. I'm trying to, you know, kick right. more back to my team. Um, but you know, my, my true passion has always been in the leadership, the teaching, the learning, the growing that, you know, an agent asked me like, Hey, how would you handle this situation? And I give them a script and a word track and they try it. And then they come back super excited because it works. Um, right. You know, those are the things that I'm super passionate about. And this role really gives me that opportunity to be able to do it. Perfect. Perfect. So what, what are some of the, you know, it, it, during this phase of, uh, of, of coming into real estate full time and, and developing up that skill set, uh, you know, if you had to boil down at least a, a handful of, uh, of, of key ideas that you've, that you've learned that you think are kind of, you know, different from what most people are talking about, what, what, what are some of your key takeaways at this point that, uh, that you think the real estate industry needs to, needs to know and needs to hear? Sure. Well, I mean, the key takeaways, and then one, we need to understand that 
the market is changing on a daily basis. So what worked, right. you know, five years ago definitely isn't working today. I mean, really what worked six months ago isn't working today because the market's ever evolving and shifting. And right. so, you know, one thing that I found is I try to, the agents that I've had that have been super successful, they've all been kind of different personality types. You know, we, mm. we weren't always a firm believer in that it, everybody has to fit into this one disc profile. You know, if you're familiar right. with the Tony Robbins disc profile. Yep. We believe that you, you don't have to do that, but they've all kind of have similar traits and qualities and they've all been successful in a couple of, of key areas. And one of those is they have grown their sphere of influence significantly. They have worked it very, very well. You know, number two is they have gotten either with mentors or leaders or coaches or teams that really help, help them compete in today's market. Again, not what was popular right five, 10 years ago, but what is going on and what works today? And finally, they have not been afraid to work with investors. That's something that is right. super key that I found for all of my folks to, that's really not only helped give them a leg up on their competition, but has also kept them afloat when the market has slowed down. I think working investors right. is super important and so many agents ignore it either because they say, hey, that's not my core piece of business or B, they're just intimidated by the process and the math and the numbers in the process um, right. that they've shied away from it. And it's I'm trying to teach all of my agents that they need to be working with investors and being able to speak intelligently there because that, especially, like I said, as the market shifts and we're kind of moving into a new space where maybe we're slowing down a bit, investors are right. becoming more and more important. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's key. You know, one of the, one of the things that you talked about the, the idea that there isn't like one exact uh, disc profile that seems to be, you know, incredibly successful in real estate. I, I've seen the same thing. One of the, one of the con concepts that I talk about is the concept of the real estate agent archetype. Uh, and there, there's a few different ways that real estate agents get business. And what, what I found is that, you know, everybody sort of has their own bucket where they sort of lean into. It's kind of like the the, the disc profile where they, they may lean more one way or than another, but they kind of mix and match. Uh, and one of the big things that I see as a, as a struggle for people in the real estate industry is you hear about somebody getting success with one method and you feel like that's the only way to have success uh, or you have to have that kind of personality. But the reality in real estate is there's nearly an infinite number of ways to get business, right? You got, you got to be creative. You got to be adaptable. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that real estate agent archetype concept you know there's there's prospecting there's networking there's conversion uh conversion type stuff is like you know landing pages and converting leads that way uh, and then there's what i would call marketing uh and marketing is is when you you know put out information and then get warm inbound interest coming back to you uh as well and so through a mixture of all of those agents tend to be able to find sort of a, a bread and butter area where they feel comfortable they feel confident uh but you don't need any single one of them, if that makes sense. You don't have to be the person 100%. who's, yeah, exactly. And uh, and so, yeah, that's that's awesome to hear that you sort of have found the same thing that different personalities have have a massive amount of success in this. So, uh, let, let now let's let's go ahead and dive in uh, into kind of this this foundational concept that we talked about at the beginning of the of the show here. So, tell me a little bit more. Uh, you know, you've discovered this uh, this idea that that really a lot of agents are are looking at an opportunity in the wrong way, right? They're looking at, uh, at, at the opportunity and they're running the math 
the wrong way to determine, hey, is this a good lead source for me? <laughs> right? Because they're, they're, they're thinking about that in too short of a view. So why don't you walk me through that a little bit? What are we talking about there? What's the, what's the lead source? And, and why are people you know, mistakenly uh, discrediting it when they shouldn't be? Sure. Um, it, this has been an area where I have had to coach and coach and coach agents through because it's, as the market is shifting and changing, many of our big lead sources where they used to really just be a true pay to play where it's like, hey, I, you know, I'll pay out $3,000 a month and you give me a certain number of leads and a zip code. And, you know, whether those were great leads, bad leads, I closed 10 or I closed zero, I'm paying out the same each month. Well, the larger lead sources, you know, kind of started with the Zillow Flex programs, they are moving to a referral based model. Um, And a lot of agents had had some struggles with that, you know, a lot of a lot of pain points and a lot of because they start doing this math. And for instance, I'll give you a very specific example. I had an agent that came to me and said, okay, well, I've got this $400,000 Zillow Flex lead. And I'm looking at it saying, okay, well, if I've got a 3% commission and well, and I'll preface this by saying I'm in a heartland market, right? Where right. my average home price is less than $250,000. So a $400,000 right. buyer is a, it's, it's, it's a pretty big one. For us. I, I realize <laughs> right. some of your, your agents listening in Vancouver or Beverly Hills are like, oh, well, so $400,000, uh, you know, slumlords <laughs> over here. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> But they're looking at this four hundred thousand uh, dollar referral, and they're saying, "Okay, well, if I get three percent, and that's twelve thousand, and you know, a twelve thousand dollar commission, and I got to pay out a thirty five percent referral fee," and they're doing the math, and they're like, they're looking at what they're having to give up. And I said, "Okay," right. um, and I, I had gotten tired of being inundated at that point, so I decided to take a different approach. And I said, "Okay," I was like, "Well, forget that one. I got a two hundred sixty thousand dollar buyer over here." you know, still above our average price point, no referral fee, nothing. You want it? And they're like, hell yeah, I'll take those all day long. Right. And I said, okay. I said, so you're, you're doing the math, but you're doing the wrong math. And here's right. what I mean by that. Cause they looked at me really puzzled. And I said, okay. I said, if you look at the commission dollars, a $400,000 buyer with a 35% referral fee is the same as this $260,000 buyer that I'm giving you with no referral fee, except, right. you know, one, if you believe the studies that say we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with, a $400,000 buyer hangs out with other $400,000 buyers, right? So that's yeah, right. what the referrals are. They're $400,000 buyers. A $260,000 buyer, nothing wrong with that, but they're going to hang out with other $260,000 buyers. Those right. are the referrals. And then looking down the road, when it's three, five, seven years down the road, and they go to sell, instead of selling a 400 and buying a six or 700, you're selling a 260 and buying a 400, right? right. So you're, you're taking this really, really short-sighted approach. Not to mention for newer agents who are out there, this market is getting pretty tough because the strong right. market that we've had has just brought in so many new agents. And I'm, I'm imagining people, all of your listeners are experiencing the same thing, that their agent right. count and their market has grown significantly in the last two to three years. So now we're competing more. It is getting tougher out there. And so when you're a brand new agent and it's harder to to get things done, your costs are seemingly endlessly high, especially if you're having to buy leads. This is a way that, yeah, you may get a little less on the front side, but you don't have that guaranteed output 
on a monthly right. basis. So you're, you're bringing your costs down, which is going to help you stay afloat a little bit longer, help you stay right. in this business a little bit longer. And then you avoid the, the pitfalls and the statistics of 90 to 95% of agents are out of the business within five years. Right. Yeah. The it's, goal is, how do we prevent that? <laughs> right. And, and that makes a ton of sense because the the reality is, you know, it, just like anything, there's always that, that that balancing act. And sure, you want as high of an upside as possible anytime that you can get it. Uh, but man, if you could if you could still lock in a good upside and basically remove the downside risk, right? The the right. you know the 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 outlay of cash in order to do it, uh, there, there's a lot of value there. And and yeah, the the reality is. I think a lot of agents uh, have a have a misguided view of uh, of of what kind of getting started in real estate looks like, where they they think that the model is you know continually paying to acquire leads, continually having those front end systems, and and you do it to a degree. But what I found is that most agents, if they set this up right, you you do your marketing, you do your you do your paid lead ad acquisition, whatever your strategies are to get uh, you know, new inbound interest coming in. But really you're just doing that for long enough until you build up a strong enough, powerful enough sphere that you could just work your sphere for the rest of your rest of your life and that that will take care of everything that you want. There, there's a handful of people that, uh, you know, that, that might have really big aspirations to build massive teams and they're gonna, they're gonna need to figure out how to acquire leads constantly and all that, all that. But the average agent getting in that wants to, you know, build a really good income for themselves, take care of their future, be able to, uh, you know, be able to grow their, their own wealth through, uh, uh, you know, just a great income, man, you spend a number of years building your sphere and then you can just ride that sphere into the future. Uh, and cause it, it will, it will grow. You'll, you'll make new contacts and those contacts will be related to those people in the sphere. So it, it, it does replenish itself as long as you're taking care of it. Uh, and yeah, that it does, it's long a super cost-effective way to grow your sphere. Right. It is so cost-effective to be able to do it that way. And, and I hate to say it and People can think whatever they want about Zillow. I know that if you can go on to any real estate Facebook group and you just type in just a, a capital Z and you're going to get so many polarizing comments and opinions, but it's not just Zillow any longer. They just happen to be the first. You know, We're being asked to pilot a lot of programs in our market for new lead sources and they are all at this referral fee model every single one right. of them. So, you know, whether it's Zillow or somebody else, if you're wanting leads in the near future, you need to get on board and, and understand this um, and, and be able to just wrap your head around it and be able to say, okay, this is what I'm going to have to do until, like you said, you get to the point where your sphere has been built big enough. But the only way to really build right. your sphere that much is to take the leads on the front side. And this is <laughs> the most cost-effective way to get them. Right. Well, and on that end, I mean, that that really it, it, it lets people know what what are the skill sets that they should be working on? What are the things that they should that they should be working to uh, to build themselves up for the future? And I, I think so often agents get really misguided to exclusively focus on the, the front end shiny, uh, shiny tactics, which they have their place. They're useful, right? Like figuring out how to get leads off of different sources. It, it, it's not at all, uh, you know, something that you shouldn't do, uh, but you got to know it's placed, right? You got, you, you have a path to generate leads on the front end, but you really, 
just as important, if not more important, need to have those backend processes where you're keeping up to date with your sphere and you're staying in touch with them and you're nurturing them long term and not being part of the you know statistic where uh, what is it the average you know the average person that works with a real estate agent uh, you know, with it to buy a home so like 80 to 85% say that they would gladly use that agent again. Uh, and yet only 10% of people actually do. Uh, right. and the, re <laughs> the, the reason is most likely because they just forgot about them and somebody else became uh, top of mind by the time they were ready to sell. Right. Uh, so doing the work to keep up with the sphere and, and make sure that you're, you're, you're finding those referral opportunities. You're finding that repeat business when they're ready to sell. Uh, just by staying top of mind, right? And uh, and having that long-term strategy. That's the thing that most people seem to be missing. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies trying to chase the new shiny stuff all the time. hundred <laughs> percent. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, cool. So, so, you know, yeah, Zillow definitely is one of those, is, is one of those companies that uh, real estate agents just love to hate. But I, I, I think you're right. I think the reality is to Zillow's credit, they did a they did a fan, fantastic job creating a portal that that the average consumer likes to use, right? They they like searching for homes through Zillow, and so they've captured that front end interest. And as a result of doing that, they have definitely seen it is in their interest as a company to be able to take advantage of more of that piece of the pie by doing the referral rather than just getting paid directly for the leads. And so yeah, they're they're taking the opportunity and they have the interest, so they 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 get to. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, I don't exactly <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, that, that that makes a ton of sense. So okay, so so basically, the idea here is that we we you know whether it's Zillow or whether it's any of these referral type lead sources, the key thing that that we want agents to to think about and understand is that you can use this as a way to build a sphere that the 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 uh, what what's the what's the word that I'm looking for the uh, the, the net, the net value. What's the, there's, there's a word that, that, that means like somebody. Lifetime value. Uh, yeah. Lifetime value kind of works for what yeah. I'm saying. We'll, we'll go with that one. So yeah, the, but the lifetime value uh, of your sphere uh, is, uh, is, is increased by leveraging the higher end leads than you might be able to generate on your own uh, using something like a, like a, like a Zillow flex. Is that, is that yeah. right? The right idea? Exactly. And, you know, the, the numbers that I have ran, and I, ha I had somebody tell me this when I first got into the business, and I've kind of kept track of it throughout the years, and it, it it's really held true, is that if you take the size of your sphere, you should, you take 10% of that number, and you should roughly get that many sphere transactions on an annual basis, right? So if you've got right. simple math, 100 people in there, you should get 10 transactions out of that. Now, that may mean three buy sells, you know, two referrals and then two people that just buy or just sell something right. like that. It, 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 it's not always a, a perfect science, but it's, it should be about 10%. So if we know that to be true, then we need to be growing our sphere absolutely as much as possible, because at this point, there's right. no sign of a point of diminishing returns where that start, that starts to slow down. And so if we can right. continue to grow that sphere and do it in a cost-effective way. Now, I know some people will say, well, it's not cost-effective when you got to pay out 35%. Well, it's cost-effective, especially for the newer agents to where you're not having to pay out money with no guarantee of income on the backside. At least if you're paying out right. that referral fee, you know you have some income coming in to be able to <laughs> right. cover that cost. Um, and then exactly. again, once they buy and sell down the road, that becomes your lead. You're no longer paying those referral fees, you know, as long as it's met whatever criteria that that lead source, you know, set, sets forth. But 
These are great, great opportunities. And then they're great opportunities to start gaining referrals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's the key. Uh, and, and to your point, uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, Ninja Selling, but it's a, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic book. I, it's, it's right in line with everything that you're talking about here. I'd recommend checking it out. Uh, Larry Kendall, I believe is uh, uh, who it's by. Um, but in, in there, uh, yeah, he lays out kind of the, the basic math for what you could expect to generate from your sphere. And the idea, you could actually run this any market, you know, in, in any market, you could run these numbers and you could say, okay, what is, what is the approximate turnover rate in my area, right? So to find the turnover rate, you look at uh, of, of all of the, the you know, inventory that, that exists, what percentage of those sell every year, right? And then that gives you your turnover rate. And in most places, it's an average of about 10%, like you're saying 10%. Uh, but even better than that, for every, you know, if, you're, if your turnover rate is 10%, that means there's a buy side and a sell side on either side of that, right? So uh, there's technically, uh, you know, for every 10% of, uh, of turnover, there's, uh, there's, you know, two deals per percent or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, and, and so when you look at, when you look at what you could get from your, from your, uh, from your sphere, uh, theoretically, there's approximately 20 deals for every hundred people, because there's two sides, right? That if somebody's going to buy, somebody's going to sell. Now with that, you take off a little bit because not everybody in your market is going to be buying and selling in the same market. And so you look at about 15% and that's about right. So about 15% of whatever, whatever you have in your sphere uh, is realistic to expect for how many deals that you could do. And it, and again, you could adjust those numbers just by looking at what is the turnover rate in your area, because that's really what's going to determine it. If you've, if you got a list of people that live in your area, turnover rates a little bit, but higher, a little bit lower, you could get really clear on what should I expect from my sphere. And chances are, for most people, it's drastically higher than they realize it is, right? It's, yeah. it's a lot more. And so they're, they're ignoring the people on their list uh, in order to chase after people who have never done any business with them, when it's actually a lot easier to just stay in contact with these people, call them up, say hi, uh, follow up with them and find those deals that are, that are already there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, I told you I, I came from the corporate world and my role was in strategic marketing and data analytics. And you find out that it's five times more expensive to acquire a new customer than it is just to keep the existing customers that you have. So that's why, again, we, we talk about one of the key things that we teach our agents is staying in front of their sphere. It's how do you grow it and how do you stay top of mind? Because if you go through, right. I'd, I'd be willing to bet that if you if you write down a list of your sphere and there's a hundred people on there and you go through that list that at the end of each year and you follow them on social media, you give them a call, whatever, you're going to find that a few deals slipped through the cracks for one, right. one reason or another. And it could just be because, you know, when you met them or when you got into the business, everybody knew two agents, three agents. Right. Now everybody knows seven, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> everybody knows seven real estate agents that are out there. And so it's, we have got to find ways to stay in front of our sphere in addition to being able to grow it. Because you can grow it as big as you want, but if you're not effectively staying in front of them, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Right, right. Yeah. On, on that note, I mean, I'd love I'd love to hear what are uh, what are some of your top favorite strategies for how you keep up with the sphere? How do you how do you keep it nurtured? How do you stay active? What uh what are some of the strategies that you like to have your agents employ for that? You know, we do a lot of sphere based events for our agents. You know, we'll okay. we'll host big events and allow them to come through and and invite their sphere. And sometimes it's, you know, we actually just got done with one this week that was 
it, it was a concert where people from our brokerage were actually part of the band and we put on a concert at a local brewery and all of the money nice. to children's miracle network right which is right. You know, it helps sick kids but they're it's like make a wish but it, it all stays local right. um, you know we've done movie nights where we've rented out theaters or you know just different events different things those are great but they're expensive you know they, right. they cost money to be able to put on um, what doesn't cost money is just getting yourself on a cadence and a rhythm of just reaching out and checking in on people um, right. and you know I have something set up to where I get a reminder you know every time it's been a year since someone bought their home and right. I have a reminder that says hey you know run a quick um, you know RPR report to figure out, you know, what their new home value is, and then just let them know, do a quick calculation of how much value did they gain in this last year? You know, right. how much appreciation did they have? Send it over just as a, and not even as a, hey, would you consider selling at this point? But just a, hey, just wanted to check in. I got to know that it's, I can't believe it's been two years already. Um, can you believe what a great investment you made in that house? It's already picked up 15% in those two years. Right. And just in, in an excited congratulations right. kind of way. And you never know right. what kind of conversations those spark in terms of, oh, geez, I really, I, I had no idea. Maybe we should consider selling since we have that equity. Or, right. you know, my neighbors were just talking about they'd like to sell, but they don't know if they have enough equity. What do you think about their house? Would you, are you willing to talk to them? These are all actual conversations that I've had from sending out these right. simple messages. And those are those are free. Yep. Those cost me nothing but a little bit of time. Right. Yeah, th those are great strategies. The thing that I love about events, uh, no matter the kind of event that you're doing. So like, you know, I, I've, I've heard of similar things, movie days, uh, uh, picnics, picnics in the park, going out to great restaurants, doing, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do on the events that are, that are cool. But one of the things that I think people miss is that the event uh, is not only successful, if you get a bunch of people to it, because you may not have everybody come, but if you leverage the event as an opportunity to reach out to everybody and have a conversation and say, Hey, I've got this event coming. That's where I see people missing the ball. Most of the time is that they, they, they focus too much on the event itself, thinking they got to get everybody there and don't realize the event is just an excuse to be able to talk to everybody, right. To be able to say, Hey, I got this event. <laughs> but yeah, yeah perfect go, go ahead yeah oh no that's, I, was just gonna say, I, I could not agree more that's absolutely perfect yep yep and then uh and then yeah on the on on the idea of you know just having anything of value to reach out with so i think the the yearly report uh, of their home value that's perfect uh but anything that that is something that that person could perceive as valuable. That could be, you know, reaching out because there's a, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, an article that you found that, you know, is relevant to them, right? Like take good notes on people, find out, find out when their birthdays are, find out when their anniversaries are, find out those kinds of things that, you know, to follow up with them. Uh, one of the, one of the strategies that I heard that was actually excellent was uh, if you take notes of that, like if you find out uh, what their wedding anniversary is, what their, uh, you know, what their, their, their spouse's birthday, their, uh, like those kinds of things, uh, you could do things like calling, uh, calling the husband a week before the wife's birthday to say, hey, I know your wife's birthday is coming up. <laughs> Wanted to give you a, a, a helpful <laughs> reminder. <laughs> <laughs> and just check in and see how things are going, right? And uh, uh, you Amazing. know, you, you you use the 
use the Ford system, ask about family, occupation, recreation, and dreams, and, and find out what's going on in their life, because those types of things will also uh, start to reveal things that are going on in their life, right? Like they find out, you, you know, they find out that they just got a a promotion at, at their at their at their job or they're considering uh, taking a job in a different location those are all indications that they might be starting to look to sell even if they haven't thought about it yet or or maybe you know they've got kids graduating and so now they've got the the empty nest they've got uh, it, all, all sorts of things right like you just hear about life events and those life events are often indications that other things are coming up that might indicate the need for a real estate transaction and that lets you know hey maybe I should follow up with this person a little bit more often at this point uh, but you only do that if you if you take the time reach out to people find those excuses and, and they're not hard right like birthdays yeah. holidays all of that kind of stuff it's not, it's not like it has to be super complex uh but yeah the, the the key is taking the time and knowing your sphere well enough to be able to do that that kind of follow-up meaningfully exactly Awesome. Awesome. So, okay. So we talked about the wrong math and we talked about uh, why, you know, re real estate agents are often leaving money on the table by discrediting something like, uh, like any, really any referral based uh, program, but Zillow Flex is definitely one of those. Uh, we talked about how people can be better at engaging and activating their spheres, some strategies for, for follow-up and making sure that people are getting activated there. Uh, I know you mentioned that you have kind of this, uh, uh, this, this triangle of different ideas uh, for, for how, how real estate agents are successful. You, you touched on some of those ideas to start uh, and we, we dove into the sphere so far, but you talked about coaching uh, and uh, as well as investors, right? Those are the other two, mm -hmm. two keys to the sphere. You want to, uh, to the, to the triangle. Do you want to uh, dive into those a little bit more? Why are those so important? What should people be looking for uh, on that front? Sure. Well, and, and like I said, learning how to compete in today's market is just, it, it's so unbelievably important so that you're up to date with the newest, the freshest and the best skills. I mean, there are right. some things that are going to be tried and true over time, but you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's working right now, right? It's, right? it's not working today. So right. staying in touch with, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in having a coach or a mentor or somebody, even if, even if they're virtual, right. even if it's not someone that you've ever actually met in person, but just finding somebody that your personality, your styles match up, somebody that you look up to that you can, you can follow and, and take some tips and tricks. Right and adopt and adapt what, what they're doing to make it, make it work for you and your market. Um, right. but in, but investors, like I said, investors are something that I work with my agents on a whole lot. And there's really, there's, there's a couple of key purposes for it. Um, number right. one, I tell them investors are the ones that are going to keep you fed when the market slows down. And that could mm -hmm. be a big market shift or slowdown. You know, we're talking like an overall market shift, um, you know, that's the time investors start shopping when things are on sale. But even right. if the market is still relatively hot and we don't see that big slowdown coming, um, right. you know, things will still slow down during the holidays at the end of, you know, kind of from that Thanksgiving to, to New Year's timeframe, things really start slowing down. Well, that's what I found when investors start heating up. And one, right. it's because they're looking for, they're looking for deals. They're not having to compete as much. And two, right. they're looking for last, last minute tax breaks before the year's over. It's like, right. shoot, I made too much money this year. I got to go out and I got I to gotta buy something to, to offset this. Uh, right. You know, number two, we talked about, you know, if, if we are the average of the five people that we hang around with, investors tend to be higher net worth individuals who probably hang out with other high net worth individuals. So that's where your referrals right. are going to go. You're going to pick up more investors. And then finally, investors have to have places to live themselves. And if they're higher net worth individuals with friends who are higher net worth, uh, 
you know, the referrals that you're going to get there for their personal homes are probably going to be pretty nice buy sell sides, right? right? So you've got all of these different things. And then there's a bonus. I'm a firm believer that we as agents should be investing in property ourselves. Um, you know, right. I feel like you should be invested in something that you know, something that you believe in. I don't think it should be your your only investment deal or your only retirement savings, but I think it should be a big part of it. Much like a Fortune right. 500 CEO is, a lot of their compensation and retirement is going to be tied up in company stock. Um, right. I think that you know us as agents should be heavily invested in the market as well. And by working with investors, you are getting access to great deals. And you're getting to see how great investors work, how their minds think. Um, and so that can actually, if you're, if you're smart and you pay attention, that will actually help you in your own personal financial journey be able to make better decisions down the road. Um, those are all just key things that I'm trying to teach my agents. Plus, there are so many agents out there who are so deathly afraid of working with investors. And again, I don't know, I, I, most of it I found is just they're intimidated by the process. They feel like they right. don't understand it or know it, so they shy away from it. So it just right. gives you a leg up. It gives you that extra skill set, that extra tool in your toolbox that most agents don't have. And then that just sets you apart even further. Right. Yeah. No, I love it. I think, uh, you know, real estate, especially uh, you, you, you touched on this briefly in a way, but uh, real estate, especially is, is really a hard for a number of, you know, for a number of people, because it's, it's one of the few, maybe not one of the few, but it's a, it's a type of sales where the, the, the lag time between potential repeat businesses is long, right? So when you sell somebody a house, they're most likely not going to be selling that house or doing another real estate transaction again, it varies by person five to seven years, I think is, is mm -hmm. what the average is right now. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so, you know, five to seven years to wait to build up repeat business is, can be difficult, right? You, you, you should, and you should have those fear tactics in place that we talked about and all that. You, you definitely want to have it. Uh, but what's great about investors is investors are one of the few types of real estate that you can work with where you find a person and build rapport and you get repeat business consistently, right? It may not be uh, every month. It may not be, uh, you know, super duper consistently, but it, it's better than every, three, you know, five to seven years, right? So you you can find that type of person where you find that one person and get those deals consistently rather than needing to have that five to seven span, you know, year span between uh, when you do that next deal with them. And it, just like anything, most most sales period is about relationships. And so by, by going after investors, by finding investors and building those relationships with them, you're a lot more likely to have uh, the same effort where you might ex you know, expend it on, on going after uh, traditional real estate, uh, you know, just the, you know, the, the consumer buyers uh, and sellers, the same effort to generate those relationships versus generating those investor relationships you know, it's, it's a much more leveraged activity to go after investors. So uh, that, that makes a ton of sense. Easy deals because they're much less emotional. It's like, Hey, do the numbers right. make sense? Yeah, if the numbers make sense. Then great. They, they buy. Right. If they don't, they don't. I, I, I think, I think that's part of what's funny about it to me too, is that the, uh, uh, the traditional, you know, consumer uh, style, de uh, you know, real estate transactions uh, are much more emotional. And that's what people are more comfortable with. They're more comfortable with like, I'm buying this for myself, for my, for my, you know, for my family, for my life. Uh, and, and similarly, I'm selling this that I've, that I invested for my, my own 
you know, life and family and all that. They're, they're used to the emotions around that because most people get that. And yet investors are like the exact opposite. It's like, as long as it checks these boxes, I'm good. Yep. <laughs> right? Like, so it's a, they're, they're easier deals. It's, it's just more front end work of, uh, uh, at least understanding the deal better, right? Uh, there's there's more uh, to make sure that you know know that you're bringing the right properties, that you're finding the right properties, all of that kind of thing, and, uh, and, and be more creative there. But yeah, I love it. Yeah, investors as a as a as a great group to go after. It it fits very much in line with uh with your view about uh, about the sphere as well. It's a great group of people to have in your sphere that you're working with for sure. Uh, so yeah, so so again, th those three elements of the triangle uh, is focusing on building your sphere. Uh, making sure that you have a coach that's keeping you up to date on what's going on in the market today, uh, because it is constantly shifting and what worked last year uh, is likely going to need to change to be what works this year. And then the third one was to be working with investors and making investors a core of your business to, to get that repeat business, to get that high end sphere. Really, it, it, it sort of uh, amplifies everything else that you're talking about doing there. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. So that that's some awesome information. Uh, now, on that end, you know, you mentioned people need to be uh, getting coaches, but I know one of those ways that people could get a type of coaching uh, is through, you know, through training, through courses. It's one of the things that I offer uh, as well at Real Estate Growth Hackers, but I know you've got some great information for people as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you've captured some of what, uh, you know, what you've worked on and what you've learned in the industry and, and, and what you've created as a result of that? Sure. I, you know, I, when I when I got into this business and I started leading and mentoring and realizing that's where my passion was, I decided I was going to do everything I could to change the world through real estate. And you know, there there was this concept that I had heard at one point, and it was it was from a pastor, and he was talking about something he called spiritual grandchildren, um, which okay. were basically it's like you know it's not who you tell. It's who they go out and tell, right? So you kind right. of get like this, this ripple effect and this, this massive impact. Right. And I thought about that and I said, well, how do I have, you know, how can I get the scale that I need to really get this out on this, you know, right. have the most possible impact that I can. And so I, I had a mentor tell me at one point, he was like, you gotta, you gotta create courses. You just gotta take mm -hmm. what you know, you gotta create courses so that you can get it out there because you can't possibly have one-on-one -on -one conversations with everybody. You can't coach everybody, teach everybody. And I don't have time. I don't offer coaching services right, right. other than my agents that actually work for me. Uh, right. So it's, I started creating courses a, a couple of years back and, you know, I, I kind of stopped for a little while because I thought, I, this isn't any good. This isn't any good. And then I just, I finally got it dialed in several months ago and it has been really impactful for a lot of people going through and just trying to teach the things that I am teaching agents right now that has made them uber successful over time. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, so we've got, I've, I see a number of them in, in front of me here. Uh, so some of these courses that you've put together, dynamic negotiation, uh, the real estate agent growth blueprint, the 21 day jumpstart, uh, we've got your two keys to success and then the 30 day real estate MBA as well. Uh, you got a lot of, a lot of great information in here. I think, uh, I, I think definitely uh, anybody who's listening to the show, uh, check it, check it out. Uh, we've put together a, a, a special link for you guys so that you could uh, support our show in the process of 
if you want to check out uh, what Luke is up to. And uh, you could go there by going to realestategrowthhackers.com slash Luke Andrews uh, in order to see what he's up to, see those courses. And uh, and if you buy anything, uh, if you buy any of those courses, you will be uh, helping to support the show in the process. And because Luke is so awesome, uh, they actually set something up for you guys as well uh, so that you could get a little bit of a discount uh, because, you know, Real Estate Growth Hackers listeners are so are so valued <laughs> that we want to we want to get them everywhere, right? So uh, you want to tell them a little bit about uh, about what you've set up for people? Sure. So I actually had it set up that if you go utilize that link that, that Zach's putting in the show notes, and if you put in the discount code HAMMER, 50% off anything that you purchase. Um, so discount code HAMMER, it'll it'll ask you for that code as, as you're going to check out, pop it in, it will be 50% off any anything that you do. Anything that you do. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, so thank you for doing that. Uh, the Real Estate Growth Hackers listeners, I'm sure will appreciate it as well. Just like you mentioned, uh, you know, in this industry, you got to do what you can to uh, to make sure that your money goes as far as possible. So any little bit could help <laughs> on that, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so feel free, everybody check it out. Realestategrowthhackers.com slash Luke Andrews uh, in order to check out what he's up to. I think uh, if you're if you're looking for a good place to start, uh, it looks like the uh, the 30 day real estate MBA is kind of a, a great path to take some of what we just talked about, but it's laid out more in depth and, and, and more step by step. Is that is that correct? It is. And it's completely an audio course. Um, and it's just designed to be listened to one day at a time. And it's it's short on a daily basis, you know, five to 12 minutes per day, with most of them kind of in that seven to eight minute mark, something that you can just download and listen to in the car on a walk, a run, wherever. Um, and it's designed just to be quick and action packed and action oriented. So it just gives you little steps that you can take on a daily basis to, to really just jumpstart where you are. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, if you want to check that one out or any of the other courses that Luke is, has offered here, whether you're listening uh, when this is released or in the future, go uh, go ahead and check him out. Realestategrowthhackers.com slash Luke Andrews. Again, that link will be uh, in the description. Use the code HAMMER uh, to get 50% off, just like it sounds, H-A-M-M-E-R, uh, to get 50% off and, uh, and, and check it out. So, so yeah, Luke, thanks so much for, uh, for coming on. Uh, to real estate growth hackers, I would uh, I'd love it if you could uh, you know uh, uh, send us out uh, with with just what what are your what are some of your last thoughts for real estate agents that uh, that you want to leave them with here today? Sure, my thought right now is to is, is to just keep moving. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things. I, I had a conversation with an agent the other day who said, you know, I'm I, I've gotten into a, a point where I'm just I'm I'm sleeping in. And you know I'm I'm sleeping through meetings. Then my my days are shorter because I'm I'm not getting up until nine or ten o'clock. And it's like, hey, just because you have flexible hours in this business does not mean that they are optional hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. a lot of people get into this business because it's it's flexible and it's quote unquote easy money. Just because it's flexible hours does not mean it's optional hours. You still have to get up. You still have to get moving. You still have to take those steps that you need on a daily basis um, to, to be successful. Otherwise, you will be one of the statistics. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> true true words for sure. So definitely uh, you get you get out of this business what you put into it treating it seriously it'll 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 treat you seriously as well right so 
Yeah, uh, powerful words. Thanks so much, Luke, for uh, for coming on. Uh, great information here. I hope everybody goes out, takes advantage of this. Leverage the power of growing your sphere. Do it in a way uh, that has such a minimal risk to you on the front end where you don't have to outlay cash before you're even sure that you're going to get business. It is a fantastic strategy uh, to use to try and grow your grow your sphere that way. Check out what Luke is up to with his courses. Again, at realestategrowthhackers.com slash Luke Andrews. Uh, and otherwise, thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening. Go out, uh, get some great results in your business, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. See you. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. You can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.